of the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro to the Multiverse. I'm your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, and you've reached the podcast talking exclusively about animation springing from the world of comic books. Thanks for joining us once again. Welcome to episode 39. I'm going to briefly explain the rules. Number one, this is a podcast about comic book animation. I just said that. Hope I'm not repeating myself. Number two, I'm a big fan of the team-up books. Marvel 2-in-1, DC Comics Presents, Brave and the Bold. So this is a team-up podcast every week. It's me and a special guest talking comic book animation. Number three and most important rule, we got to have fun. Without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest on. He's my former tag team partner on my previous podcast, and he's a returning guest from episode 10. Please welcome back to the multiverse, Julian Starr. Welcome back. Thank you guys for uh, having me on again. This is a pleasure and a privilege, so thank you so much for having me on, my man. It's great to be back with you in the world of podcasting. It is a pleasure, and uh, welcome to episode 39 yeah it's uh it's you you're doing doing wonders here man uh we we did some we had some good growth on our podcast and i felt like we did really well and uh it sadly abruptly came to an end but uh you seem to be trucking along and the fact that you've gotten to 39 is uh very impressive so congratulations on that well i made it my uh goal that i was gonna success or fail i I was gonna do this for at least one year and then i would make up my mind from there so so far, it's been a lot of fun. The thing that I'm told, because uh, and we'll get to it, I'm sure, but the thing that I'm doing outside of our podcast uh, and what I moved on to is uh, just make it a labor of love. And if it's something you enjoy doing, don't worry about the, all the other stuff. Just do it because you love it. And then if, it, if the growth comes with it, uh, that just happens to be the plus. And I'm trying to always remind myself, and a lot of times it takes friends to remind me as well. So just as long as you enjoy doing it, just keep doing it. And a little background for anyone who doesn't know, Julian and myself used to host a podcast together, Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. Because um, of uh, life happening, we had to kind of put a stop to that. Uh, nothing, uh, <laughs> it wasn't a fallout. We didn't hate each other. We just uh, had things going in different directions, weren't able to complete it. So it always good to reunite with uh, the guy who I started podcasting with. Well, technically I was a guest on other podcasts, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, we both, we kind of got like, we saw, we had some friends who were podcasting and then we thought to ourselves, we are pretty uh, blunt and abrupt people. Why don't we do our own podcast about something we were both passionate about, something that was big in our childhood and that was pro wrestling. And uh, uh, we did pretty well with it, man. We were getting some good downloads and good listens and uh, it was, it was growing uh, at a good rate, it did hit a little bit of a plateau and I'm sure we could have gotten over that hump, but yeah, like you said, life got in the way and, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest, I lost some of my motivation to it. And a lot of it was because we were so guest oriented. A lot of our guests were, you know, 
dodging us to say the least. So uh, I started to lose love for it, but hopefully maybe someday a reunion think, could take place. You think I would have learned my lesson with the, uh, with the headaches of booking a guest every, every week, but no, nope, I, I went and did it all over again on my new podcast. <laughs> Do you remember like how much we tried so hard to, to look for guests? We'd be scrambling every week to just find someone. And then everyone got like, quote unquote sick or whatever the case may be. So now you've moved on to the world of Twitch, correct? That is true. I am now a Twitch streamer streaming video games. Uh, I play video games, mostly first person shooter games like Call of Duty, Warzone, Apex Legends, PUBG, um, Super People, stuff like that. I do like horror games too. There just isn't a lot out. But yeah, new PC gamer, new streamer, uh, and the channel is growing at a decent pace. So uh, yeah. All right. I'm glad to hear that. Now, before we get into the topic, back uh, when Julie and I used to host a podcast together every week, we started with trivia. Oh, God. <laughs> I always think I'm going to dodge this, and somehow it keeps coming up. <laughs> now, our, our own podcast, it was always New England Wrestling Trivia. When you uh, joined the multiverse last time, it was a crossover wrestling comic book trivia. Yes. So we're going to stay in that ballpark again today. Okay. I'm going to briefly explain the rules. I'm going to talk to you about four different comic books, and you have to guess which pro wrestler wrote these comic books. Oh, boy. Okay. We'll do, there's four of them, so uh, let's see if you can get it half right. You win like the grand, grand, grand prize if you could do all four without any clues. Okay. We'll do, you know, pretty good. Knowledge is good if you can do three without any clues. I'd even give you credit two without any clues. Okay. But if you can't get any without a single clue other than the comic itself, then, you know, maybe it's time <laughs> to hang up your, uh, your trivia trophy. <laughs> also hang up my claim to love wrestling. <laughs> Last time I started off easy and we worked our way up. So I'm going to go backwards this time. All right. And uh, work your way down. The hardest one. The comic book, it has not even been released. It was announced recently from the X-Men universe. They're bringing back the character Thunderbird, and he's getting his own one-shot coming out later this year. What professional wrestler is going to be the writer on that comic book? I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... Can it be male or female? Yeah, it could be. There are males and females in this. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with AJ Lee. Uh, Damn it! I'm sorry. Uh, unless she's changed her name, and I don't know about it. I'm gonna give you one hint. Okay. Um, and then we'll move on. And then I'm not gonna tell you any of the correct answers until we've done all four. All right. The person in mind is a wrestler for All Elite Wrestling. I believe they are still with the company now. Okay, in that case, you're currently with All Elite Wrestling. I'm going to go with, I'm trying to think of like who has artistic value. I'm going to go with The Big Show. (laughs) (laughs) Now, to be fair, that was the hardest one. And if Uh, I hadn't read about it, I would have no idea it even happened or who this person was. So. All right, we're going to move on. I'll, I'll give you the answers at the end. Number Coming up next, slightly easier. This gentleman wrote such comic as a Shang-Chi one-shot, as well as Drax, the galaxy's best detective. Huh. I want to go with... 
CM Punk. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah! <laughs> Without a hint, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> CM Punk wrote Shang-Chi, the one shot. He wrote Drax, the galaxy's best detective. I believe he also wrote some of Thor. Okay. And supposedly rumored he's working on a creator-owned comic in the future. I'm impressed you got that. Not not even a hint. I uh, I'll tell you. I just I had found out that he was into comics after he kind of went away. Uh, he was trying to find himself after WWE, and I had found out he was into comics and was kind of into writing. So he was kind of one of the first people that stuck into my head. All right, he's one for two so far, ladies and gentlemen. Next up. Back in 2002, this individual wrote the comic book Spider-Man Tangled Web, co-written with acclaimed comic writer Brian Azzarello. Hmm. I'm going to go with... All right, I'm gonna. this is a shot in the dark, and that's just because of what he used to do. Uh, but I'm going to go with Jerry the King Lawler. And... <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you a hint. This individual had wrestled in their career for ECW, WCW, WWE, TNA Impact, and Ring of Honor. Jesus. Uh, I'm going to go with (laughs) X-Pac. I don't believe X-Pac ever wrestled for ECW, but... uh, Oh, yeah. I didn't think, you know what? I'm just going to say it. You don't have to confirm it, but I'm thinking, I'm going to go with Just Incredible after that. All right. We're going to get back to that. You know what? It's probably Rob Van Dam. All right. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. And this is the final one. This will make you break even. All right. Back in 1996, he wrote the comic book Warrior. Oh, (laughs) wasn't that the Ultimate Warrior? (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The two you got right, you didn't need a clue, so I got to give you some credit on that. Can you imagine if I got that one wrong? <laughs> it's like, Bret Hart! <laughs> so the, the two you got wrong, Spider-Man Tangled Web, was written by none other than Raven. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow, I would have never guessed. It was a story that spotlighted Crusher Hogan, the first wrestler that Spider-Man fought when he first got his powers, and he had the last in the ring for... Uh, I think it was three minutes to get three hundred dollars. Oh, you're talking about bone saw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I had no idea he was into comics, nor did I I even I would have never in a million years guessed it was Raven. And uh, writing the upcoming Thunderbird number one one shot, AEW superstar Nyla Rose. Really? Now I am unfamiliar. Did she ever work under a different name that I might know, or is it just she's only been in AEW? As far as I know, Nyla Rose only came into light with AEW. So, all right, there we go with trivia. Now we're going to move on. The topic of this week, I mean, we're going to be discussing a Spider-Man cartoon, but we're going to be focusing heavily on the villain known as Venom. Very good villain, by the way. Uh, are you a big Venom fan? Uh, so when I was a kid, I... I um, I liked powerful guys, like big, powerful guys. And it's probably why I liked wrestling so much. Uh, and Venom just looked like a cool, badass, powerful guy. Obviously, as a kid, I didn't really know the background of him at all. I just saw this big, powerful, badass dude. So, I mean, in that sense, I became a fan. And then as the movie, the most recent movies came out, and I kind of learned more about him, uh, despite everyone's opinion on him, I've been uh, a big fan of the Venom movies. And as a kid, did you watch any of the Spider-Man cartoon that Venom appeared on? 
So I watched the because I I had to look back and I watched the Spider Man cartoon that was from nineteen ninety seven. I'm gonna double check that real quick. Yeah, I think it ran ninety four to ninety seven. I believe. Yes, yes, ninety four to ninety seven. That was the series I grew up on. I used to have the awesome Venom figure that when I was collecting that uh, it came with this little thing and you could squeeze black ooze out of his mouth. Oh, that's pretty awesome. See, I didn't even know he had like that ability, like the whole, I thought he was just super strong and could fight. I didn't know he had like the weird, cause you gotta understand like at this time I was just heavily into wrestling. It's the only thing I cared about. The only time I ever really watched Spider-Man was when my older brother, John was watching because he is a huge fan of comic books and all this other stuff. So, uh, plus he has like photographic memory. That's how I kind of would watch it is when he had it on and we hung out and whatever, he would have it on. So I'd watch it that way. Uh, so I didn't get to, I didn't know a lot in depth. Uh, I learned a lot by more, more recent movies. I was more of a fan of Venom when he was a villain. He sort of became the thing I, I always hate in comics, the, the villain that became so popular that it became a hero. <laughs> yeah. Which, and that's, that's, I didn't know. I thought he was always a villain too. That's why I was so weirded out that he's become like this weird hero figure. I think the anti-hero is the, the phrase they like to yes. use. So before we get into the uh, cartoon, a little background on Venom. Interesting enough, uh, a, uh, a fan by the name of Randy Schuler had uh, sent in the idea in the early 80s of switching Spider-Man's costume to a black and white from the classic red and blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel Comics editor-in-chief Jim Shooter liked the idea, reached out to him about using it, and the rumor has it, Jim Shooter paid this guy $220 for the idea of changing Spider-Man's costume to black and, and white. That was great. I'm sure that guy as a fan would have been like, yeah, do it for free. Just credit me on it. And they throw him $250, i will take it. Now think about that. I mean, granted, he didn't create Eddie Brock or a lot of the other stuff that came with it, but his idea led to like a, literally a billion dollar idea and he got $220 for it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're right. It is a billion dollar idea. Can you imagine now being like, say you just like you're 80, 80 years old and you're just sitting there like as life is starting to wind down, you're just like, can't believe I only made 250 or $80, whatever off of this idea that they now have millions made off of. And then if you tell people like, you know, I came up with that, <laughs> you sound like bullshit. <laughs> so um, first, the symbiotic costume appeared where it wasn't Venom. It first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man 252 back in 1984. Mm-hmm. And the whole premise was on an alien planet during the Secret Wars miniseries. Spider-Man's costume was trashed and he got this new costume, uh, which at the time he didn't realize was alive. Next, it appeared in uh, Secret Wars number uh, six, I believe, was the issue. Now, uh, up to this point, Roger Stern, Tom DeFalco, Mike Zek, Ron Friends were the, all the people that had worked on the design in the background before he actually became Venom. Uh, I believe Mike Zek is highly credited with the design. And re- interestingly enough, recently a piece of his original artwork from that issue of Secret Wars sold for, I believe, $3.5 million. That's insane. That's so much money. And I could be wrong about this. Like I say every week, I am not necessarily an expert, but I don't believe he has seen the money himself because I don't think he owned the actual artwork. Oh, so who'd they Uh, pay? Well, I don't know if if Marvel Comics or if Disney themselves opened the 
If you do know the answer, I would love to hear from that. Uh, I'll look into that a little bit further. Yeah. So then, 1988, Amazing Spider-Man 300, the first appearance of Venom as we know him today, created by uh, Dave Michelini and Todd McFarlane. You at least know who Todd McFarlane is. I know you're not a huge comic guy, but you must know who Todd McFarlane is. I'm, I, you know what? I'm going to look him up, but uh, I don't. He created Spawn. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, I know who he is. I, I know of he, him. At one point, I believe he paid like $3 million or $2 million for the uh, Mark McGuire's uh, home run ball than when he broke the record. For... <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> no, it was an interesting bit. For years and years, there was a feud between uh, Dave Michelinie and McFarlane because uh, Dave Michelinie had gone around pretty much saying he had created Venom solely. As the writer, he had credited the idea that he had created him. Now, uh, Eric Larson, who was another uh, image comic artist with Tom McFarland, had said that Venom was... Tom McFarland didn't say a lot about it. kind of surprisingly stayed silent, but Eric Larson had pronounced that the visual interpretation of Venom is what had made him so popular. But back then, Marvel Comics, uh, for crediting rights, always credited the writer and the artist who designed the character. Recently, Dave Michelini has apologized to Tyrod McFarland and said that... uh, he does deserve a lot of the credit. He said he took sole credit over the years because he considered himself the originator, but they're both the creators, which to me, you're talking almost splitting hairs at this point. Uh, that's exactly what it sounds like is you're splitting hairs. I, 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 whether you create the design or you create the story, whatever the case may be, like it, you guys are creating a, like, because you can create a look, you can create a, a story, you can create a million things. We can all be creators of this one thing, but to be the sole claim of a, of a creation, that's, that's really hard to put your stake in because there's no way to prove it and there's no way to, I guess, yeah, there's just no way to prove it. And in his apology, it said that uh, he went around with saying sole creator because he'd come up with the idea. He had said something to the effect of he still considers himself the guy who got it started, but Todd deserves a big chunk of the credit for the visual designs, which sounds to me like he's almost a sorry, not sorry. But Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, I did this all myself. So, but for the record, um, if you're going to talk Venom, you really, like I said, Tom DeFalco, Mike Zek, Ron Friends, Roger Stern, Dave Michelini, Todd McFarlane all deserve some of the credit as well as Randy Schuler, who originally apparently came up with the idea of the black and white costume. And believe it or not, Dave Michelinie, at the age of 73, has a Venom miniseries coming out later this year. Jesus, really? <laughs> Is it going to be a cartoon? No, it's uh, called Venom Lethal Protectors. It's a comic series coming out. I think it comes out in March of 2022. I mean, at this point, give it a rest. I'm just surprised because a lot of the writers from the 70s, 80s, and 90s have kind of abandoned comics. So, well, that's what so I was the- going to say. Or they're doing like Kickstarters and things like that. So I was kind of surprised to see him working at Marvel again. Oh, interesting. I wonder if that'll sell because of who's going to be writing, who's going to be making that series. I I bet you, yeah, there's going to be some of the, because a lot of people, you're not really reading, a lot of people complain that comics have changed and not what they used to be. They miss the olden days. So I I think that's going to, Venom sells pretty good right now, regardless of who's running. It's one of the. Whenever they do a Venom story, it's pretty high in the in the top comic sales. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to do regardless. But I definitely believe that's going to bring some people back to check it out. Yeah, it's a nostalgic feel. And I also credit that Venom. I don't think 
if he had come out in a different era, it might not have been as popular because he came out in the late 80s and in the 90s, very uh, over-the-top, super hyper-masculinity and things kick-ass was like the trend. Punisher became huge deal. All Wolverine, anti-heroes. Yeah, anti-heroes. All anti-heroes. Uh, rebellious nature. Yeah, that whole that that was like all of 90s. Rebellious anti-hero nature. And Black was in. Yes. He grew and grew over the years and became very popular. Even spawning now two of his own movies, which I actually have not seen at this point. Wait, you haven't seen the Venom movies yet? I have not seen either Venom film. Okay, so go in with an open mind. I didn't know anything. Like I said, I knew I knew of Venom. Didn't know too, too much about him. I actually ended up like Googling a bunch of stuff after uh, to try and learn a little bit more to make sure like I understood what I watched. I like there's a lot of it I like, but unfor- the best way I can describe them is forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. It's sad because when I watched both of them, I was like, eh, I could have went my whole life without that. But I did enjoy it. It's such a hard th- like it's such a hard category to put them in. Uh, most people I've talked to said the first one is the better of the two films. Yes, that is 100 percent true. Which is sad because when I saw Woody Harrelson for the second, I was pumped. It's sad. The f- the first one is way better. I'm not a big Carnage fan, so that's why I never really saw the second one. That, in the fact, I never saw the first one. I just always thought it was cool that Carnage was like uh, the alter the alternate of of Venom, someone that could take on Venom and match his strength and spies and speed and so on and so forth. So, like in that sense, I I enjoyed it and I wanted to see how that was going to carry over in live action, but. Now, the three ideas I've heard are bringing Venom into the MCU or doing just a Tom Holland Venom movie. Uh, I've even heard rumors of Andrew Garfield doing Amazing Spider-Man 3 where he faces Tom Hardy's Venom. (sighs) Well, right now, so obviously everyone wants uh, Andrew Garfield to get more work in this role because he kind of got the shaft. Just as his, like, his Spider-Mans were good. They were coming out. They were doing great. And then just uh, the whole what that whole deal went like belly up, right? So I forgot exactly what happened, but the whole deal basically went belly up. So he kind of got screwed on that situation. Yeah, a little bit because of the negative uh, negative reaction to Amazing Spider-Man Two, as well as it didn't make a it wasn't a big of a hit for Sony as they had wanted it to be. Yeah. So then they ended up going belly up on a third movie, uh, and that just giving it like a you know, get wrecked. We'll, we'll do something else. So I feel like giving him another go would make people happy. However, I feel like it would be better to put him in the current MCU universe uh, that's going on right now because it's just got so much momentum. And Tom Holland's Spider-Man right now is despite what a lot of people say, I feel like it's largely favorited by fans and, and, and uh, what do you call a fan? That's not like fully dedicated. Like a casual fan would just yes thank you thank you casual fans every, and fans alike they've been called everything from normies to npcs whatever <laughs> whatever you want to call them um, i would say casual fan i love a good normies though yeah <laughs> the general public is what i usually refer to them when i'm just referring to people that aren't from the comic fandom yeah all right now if you're still listening to this at this point you're probably wondering where the hell's the animation well now <laughs> That's where we're going to go now. We're going to be talking Marvel's Spider-Man cartoon. We're talking the episode Venom, original air date, October 21st, 2017. Going into this, I've never seen this particular Spider-Man cartoon. This was 
really, this wasn't even a full year until after Ultimate Spider-Man went off the air that this debuted, which makes me ponder why didn't they just keep doing Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah, that's a little weird. Like, why would you get, that's like uh, opening two Dunkin' Donuts right next to each other. Like, why would you close down the Ultimate Spider-Man and then just start over? The only thing I can think of is, like, they hit, like, a weird, I don't know, that doesn't even make sense because then you could just do the same story you were going to do with this guy, with this current series, and the last series. So, I don't know, maybe it has something to do with writers or deals because I assume it's not the same exact company, animators, and so on and so forth doing that same job, you know? It was on Disney XD, developed by one uh, Kevin Sheenick, who was a comic writer who also worked on Robot Chicken. Now, they it did coincide, I believe, with uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. So maybe the idea was to try and make it a little bit similar to the Tom Holland Spider-Man, and that's why they decided to do a reboot. That makes sense. Now, they say this uh, this series was heavily influenced by Dan Slott's uh, run on Amazing Spider-Man. Like I said, the episode originally dated October 21st, 2017. Um, I looked up a lot. Uh, I don't know how much research you did before we recorded, but a lot of, uh, not a very beloved Spider-Man uh, series from uh, what I could see <laughs> online. This this current series that we watched today? Yeah, not very popular online. Uh, so I'm not surprised watching it because i uh i won't i'll i won't spoil it uh i'll just save my review for the end but i can see why it's you know what it is and, and i don't want to i feel bad for the current animators but i feel like animation right now they all look the same like the stuff that i'm watching that i've seen here also looks like the stuff that's on nickelodeon that's on cartoon network like anim this is like the style of animation today and uh, I, I don't like it. It just looks, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It just doesn't look good. Plus the actual character of Spider-Man, uh, he's kind of annoying. It's funny you say that because I wrote down some of the common complaints I heard. And some of these were baffling to me because I haven't watched the show. But one of them was the animation style. Some people felt it was uh, the character designs in particular they, they did not care for. Yeah. Peter Parker being very annoying was one I heard a lot. Jesus. Took one episode. <laughs> Took one for me to, to determine that. My favorite, uh, someone said he, he was annoying and he reminded them of a cross between Sheldon Cooper of the Big Bang Theory and Donatello from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that is a very spot on description. Like, spot on. If you watch this episode, spot on how you feel about him. Doc Ock is supposedly a teenager on this version, which is a complaint, which is baffling to me. I haven't seen it, but that's odd. That's terrible. Harry Osborn, instead of becoming Green Goblin, becomes Hobgoblin on this uh, cartoon. That's such a minuscule change. I mean, yeah, it's not like uh, it doesn't keep to to the original and, and everything that we know, but but it's such a small change from Hob to Green. That can be forgiven. And this one, like the most baffling, Patton Oswald as the voice of Uncle Ben. Ugh. First of all, Patton Oswalt sucks at everything he does. <laughs> and I don't know why we've like dedicated him as the nerd of all nerds, the God of godly nerd. And we have to believe and say and do everything he says. And then like casting him and all these nerdy things. Uh, can you imagine your uncle Ben, who's supposed to be this older gentleman is just like, Hi, how are you? Like his voice is just doesn't fit an uncle Ben esque feel. 
Now, to be fair, I haven't heard it. I can't imagine it sounds any good. I don't like Patton Oswalt, and it, it irks me to no end that Hollywood thinks he's like, he's the guy that we're all saying, oh, one of us made it in Hollywood. Like, yeah. he's, our, he's our guy. He represents us. He They're shows like, up in everything. <laughs> they point their thumb at him like, ah, nerd, just like you guys. I mean, Jesus, he's in Mystery Science Theater. He did a voice on SpongeBob and Futurama. He's in goddamn, he's going to be in the Sandman TV show on Netflix. He, he does Pip the Troll in the MCU. Uh, he's, that does a voice in this. Uh, he, I, they literally think this guy is like, we all, everybody who's into nerd culture, they think loves this guy for some inexplicable reason. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't know why they think he is the guy that relates to the nerd. Uh, and it's because you know what it is. It's an image thing, right? He looks like what everyone envisions a comic book nerd looks like. He's short. He's fat. And this isn't a shot at your audience. This isn't a shot at anyone who likes comic books, but you, we can all agree that Hollywood has painted a picture of what the comic book nerd looks like. And it's a short, fat, pudgy white guy who has glasses, who has a short haircut and he looks like he lives in his mom's basement. That's what Patton Oldwald looks like. So they assume that's the guy like that's the staple for nerds and he was on agents of shield he did the voice of modok on the cartoon um now granted from what i understand the guy is a comic fan and i don't think his voice acting would be necessarily bad for every character but for goddamn uncle ben what the hell were they thinking yeah and it's not like Patton Oswalt has this insane range of characters he can play or has played in his past. Like every character you've ever seen him play has that weird nasally dorky voice. And so like, he's, he's just like, I, I can't picture. He all of a sudden is like, Oh, hi, I'm uncle Ben or whatever. However you want to do it. Like he doesn't have some grown disheveled old man voice. All right. So, <laughs> This episode, like I said, is called Venom. It was directed by Dan Duncan, written by uh, Paul Giacapo and Kevin Sheernick. Sheenick, sorry, not Sheernick. <laughs> Quickly, we'll go over, uh, there's not a lot of people that show up, so the credit is credit due, won't take long. Spider-Man, obviously created by Stan Lee and uh, Steve Dicko. He's voiced by a Robbie Damon, who has done a bunch of uh, English anime dubs. As well as uh, he was a voice on a, he did Bucky Barnes on Avengers Assemble. Uh, he was recently on Infinity Train, whatever that is. <laughs> you have a daughter. You must know what Infinity. You have a stepdaughter, I should say. You have a, you know what Infinity Train is? Uh, no. And my stepdaughter, if it doesn't involve Roblox or Minecraft, uh, she doesn't do it, watch it, see it, or handle it. So, very little interest that girl has. Uh, all right, and now Max Modell, who until researching this i had no idea was a comic character it tells you how much i've been reading spider-man <laughs> currently uh he was created by dan slot and humberto ramos uh a fred tatsuskiora does his voice who actually on a previous episode he had we talked about he did the voice of hulk on hulk agents of smash okay uh and you and, said that was max right uh max modell yep yeah, yeah, I uh, I didn't know there was a character named Max Modell. I had to go back because I was like, wait, is this guy supposed to be playing Happy? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have, you know, the one, the only Flash Thompson, also created by Stanley and Steve Ditko, and he's voiced by a Benjamin Diskin, who 
also was on our Agents of Smash episode. He did the voice of Scar as well. So I'm starting to think Marvel Animation Studio, when they, they find a voice, they kind of stick with it. Yeah, you, you don't say. All right. <laughs> Probably the longest uh, prologue ever. <laughs> We're going to take our break, and we are going to watch Marvel's Spider-Man Venom. And then we're going to talk about it. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. This is the story of a boy genius. Peter Parker. P is in phosphorus. E is an electron. And a radioactive spider. But what happens next may seem impossible. <gasps> Pete? You in here, buddy? Saturday, August 19th. Prepare for the unbelievable, the unwearable. Not bad. Peter, have you seen my blue tights? I think they're called sweats, Aunt May. And the unheard of. Bug boy? Daddy long legs. Web face. Well, that doesn't sound right. Marvel Spider-Man. I'm sure I could be a household name. Charming, quick-witted. Have a seat. And I can do whatever a spider can. Can you get me out of this web? Everything but that. The world premiere of Marvel Spider-Man. I knew that spider bite would lead to big things. Oh, yes. Someone has a question back Hello? Here. Hello. Hi. Uh, Carl from Waukegan. I was just wondering about your Caesar Sportsbook app, and I did some digging, and apparently I can only get my Caesars rewards on the Caesar Sportsbook app? Yes, Carl. Okay. Only Caesars is going to be able to give you Caesars rewards. They're my rewards. Why would someone else give them to you, Carl, if it's called Season Rewards? It's Season Rewarding You! I'm Eddie Brock. I'm a reporter. Not, I found something really bad. Not, 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 let the devil in. I have been taken. We cannot hurt people. The way I see it, we can do whatever we want. We are Venom. Not Venom. Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast... And we are back, and hopefully... Along with us, you just watched Marvel's Spider-Man Venom. Uh, right off the bat, um, animation style, I, I really felt, it, it felt like a B version of anime almost. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, I couldn't put my finger on to what this style, because I was staring at it a lot. Not even kidding you. The first couple minutes of it, when it first starts, uh, I rewound it three times. And I just stared at it and I said, I don't know how to categorize this style of cartoon right now, but it's everywhere. I'm not kidding you. It's on Nickelodeon. It's on Cartoon Network. It's everywhere. This exact style. And that is the best way to do like that's it's American. It's like the American version of anime. So we open Peter Parker. He's cleaning off an office, talks about how despite all his powers, uh, takes him just as long to clean up. He's going to throw his uh, rag in the trash and. Instead of getting in the basket, gets it right in the teacher's face. Max Modell. <laughs> he tried to Kobe and completely missed. <laughs> yeah. Right off the bat, we're starting with uh, that, that, that Peter Parker. He's, he's <laughs> always getting in trouble. 
<laughs> but he, the, the teacher was happy that he was trying to be athletic. Yeah, he said he was balancing his science with athleticism. Makes him happy. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, the teacher just every day is like, God, I wish Peter didn't just focus on science. I wish he would do something athletic, too. So they talk about how um, Tony Stark, he took the V-252 back to Avengers Compound. Uh, so you want me to put the container in storage? Now, I don't know about you. It took me, like, seven rewinds to make out that V-252. I kept, just till now... I thought they were saying B as in boy, 252. And it took like, me to the last scene, like uh, not the last scene, but like the last time it's ever mentioned, I finally figured it out. So up to then, you were singing Love Shack. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, I guess this container, it, it's going to come up later, but I was very confused on what the hell the V252 even was, being that I've never seen the cartoon before. Uh, yeah. That's the other uh, thing is watching this with no context. Yeah, that that didn't help us <laughs> at all. Um, they want to keep it there. It reminds them of what could have been, but they says uh, you can just head home early, so he can be here early the next day. But he can't because he's got to tutor Flash Thompson in the morning. Got to help Thompson pass his test. And then he says Flash Thompson, who won, uh, he was the Midland lad who won Stark Expo. So right off the bat, we're doing we're still doing the Peter Parker Iron Man Jr. bit. Yeah. Yep. The the Iron Man Peter Parker, he's trying to like win him over and work with them. Same shit they're doing with like No Way Home and all this other stuff, like all the current Spider-Man series. They're doing the the same exact bit, which is Spider-Man is trying to fight for Iron Man's acceptance, which is weird because also they put in this that Flash Thompson's kind of a like an, uh, an athlete or a jock or whatever. But um, if I'm not mistaken, the Tom Holland one flashes kind of just a nerd with him. Yeah. He's kind of a bully nerd on the, in the, in the no way home trilogy. Yeah. So, um, they talk about how anyone could surprise you and, uh, they're looking forward to see him playing in the big football game this week, but mm-hmm. he, he does let Peter Parker call in a night. We switched to Spidey swing and he's all excited because early night and not a mugger in sight. He's going to get to bed on time. Weird to me that uh, he went to go get to bed on time and immediately was like, let me go home in my Spider-Man suit. Well, he's got to get there quicker if he swings as opposed to like taking the subway. Ah, well, okay. I guess you're right. He crashes into a building. Uh, He's pretty upset because his spider sense didn't warn him about the uh, building. Mm -hmm. And then he looks up and there is Venom humongous hovering over him which i gotta say he's uh he recognizes it's, it's his whole black suit so i did look up there was a earlier episode where the black suit came into play um the design of venom is is pretty close to the comic book the no context thing messed with my head because having no context and within i'll even tell you the exact time within Almost two minutes with no buildup. Venom's here. (laughs) (laughs) No buildup, no nothing. You have nothing to look forward to. Just two minutes into the episode, here's Venom. And yeah, in the episode, they do show back like how the black suit becomes into play. And well, I'm sure we'll get to that. But I, that's one thing that stuck out to me is I laughed and I said, no buildup. Here he is, guys. Just Venom. So yeah, he's kind of, it's the same except that the, the white on the spider single seems extended and he has giant toenails as well. 
Oh, yes, he has claws, talons. Spidey thinks he's, uh, says how he's huge, and he always thought black was slimming. <laughs> yeah, dude's huge, like traps up to his ears and all, and he's like, oh, black is slimming. Ah, I get it? It's a joke that doesn't make sense. And then we went to the credits, which were dog shit. <laughs> what do you mean? They were like literally like just Spidey swinging and then landing on the. Oh, the, oh you're the, saying like the, the opening. Yeah, the opening credit was just. Yeah. Why, why even bother? It was terrible. No theme song, no nothing. I know. It's a, and that was something that was big. That's like I still in my head to this day, like can remember the 1994, 1997, like Spider-Man, Spy. And it was like a, a weird, like a, like a robotic voice radioactive like it just saw and then you had like vet you know enemies and stuff and it was like this fun opening it can kind of get you jazzed up for the show yeah this one was just like an overlay just like boom spider-man all right back to the show so uh, him and venom get into a fight he says how uh it's the black suit but a much larger monstrous version of him when he had the suit on he's fighting him with the web ooze where it's like a it's escaping through the gaps of his spider webs. He's throwing them around with it. Um, then he said how uh, the wet, gnarly grunt and that V must stand for venom. <laughs> I, I, really terrible <laughs> way. that together? Horrible way to, because I'm going to, spoiler alert, Venom doesn't speak this entire episode. <laughs> Not once. Doesn't say a single word, but you know what he does sound like? First thing that came to mind i said he sounds exactly like goro from the 90s mortal kombat movie <laughs> to a t sounds like goro and that's all you hear is just goro grunts the whole show he says his spidey sense isn't working he's got to rely on his other skills and he doesn't mean bowling <laughs> such a bad joke so he knows that the this is the and by the way now i found out this is the v 252 his his symbiotic costume which i i figured out at this point but i was so confused at the beginning so he knows it's still an avengers tower he thinks it might have contaminated tony because the thing's obviously intelligence he gets him in a bear hug at one point and uh he says uh you're trying to see uh war better because i turned a lot of heads as he punches him right in the face there's a fight where they throw dumpsters and uh buses at each other um, he slows the bus down enough, but it sits off a car alarm, which uh, Venom does not care for. The It's very loud. High screeching noises destroys Venom. Yeah. So uh, he sets off a whole bunch of car alarms that causes uh, Venom to flee. And then we go back to uh, Aunt May's house where, uh, well, I assume it's Aunt May's house. She never showed up in the episode. And he's still a kid. So I'm assuming it's, it's Aunt May. He's deliberating different messages to leave Tony Stark. Finally does call him, gets his voicemail, says, depending on this, you answer this, I may need your help. No, I mean, you may need your help. I mean, my help. Ugh, call me, call me back. You did that very well, because I thought you were actually messing up just now. So, you sold yeah. me on that. I completely forgot that was the line. He leaves a voicemail, and then we switch to uh, Flash and Peter in a cafe where Flash Thompson's sleeping. Flash Thompson's design looks really weird. He's like blonde with this, his hair almost looks painted on. It doesn't even look like real hair to me. It's like uh, like the short haircut. Like it's almost like a whiffle, but it's, yeah, it's anime-ish. I'll tell you that. He says how uh, he doesn't care about any of this. He's only doing this so he can play football. 
They're going to face their biggest rivals. And this is a great line, I thought, uh, where he says, I'm not much in the classroom, but I'm king of the field. Mm-hmm. And he says, a nerd like you couldn't understand the pressure of being a hero. <laughs> I mean, that was you in high school, right? Uh, yeah. Not much in the classroom, but king of the field. Ah, uh, how about it? <laughs> Personally, just me. Anytime anyone uses the word nerd as an insult, I automatically, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, automatically I love it. Yeah. <laughs> And then this other kid shows up, Kevin Wyatt, who uh, we find out is the rival uh, quarterback who says, uh, if it isn't Flash in the Pan Thompson. <laughs> An insult I'm sure he's heard millions of times. He wants to uh, see him eat uh, turf, but he says the rumor is his grades are no good. And he says, you keep it up and your legs are going to be no good. <laughs> Peter breaks it up, which then Wyatt says, you better listen to your nerd friend. <laughs> so we got back-to-back nerds uh, in one conversation. <laughs> and he just tells him that he's got to uh, pass the test on the field. He says, you think I can pass? And he calls him a tiny tutor. And this was another transaction I did enjoy where he said, when he says, if you think I can pass, he said, hey, is an amoeba a single-cell organism? And Flash is like, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, I actually did laugh at that. <laughs> his panic in his face. And then he's like, I don't know. Uh, I thought that was a good joke. He's working on his uh, his uh, spider shooters, it looks like, to try and warn Tony. Uh, he's uh, interrupted by uh, Max, who startles him. So there's kind of a, there's kind of like... Multiple, well, not multiple. There's only like two other characters with speaking parts, but everybody's a red herring because his spider sense never uh, warns them when they're coming. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's part of uh, Venom's uh, thing. So he asks what he's doing there. He says he's working on a tracking device because Spider-Man told him that he thinks it might have bonded with Tony Stark. So you, you get the classic, you know, the hero who is the, his secret identity always says how he he. He hangs out and knows the hero. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't actually, he's not the hero. He just hangs out with him. Maybe it's because the context thing again, but Max says he knows for a fact Tony is off planet with the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How the, is this guy I thought was like some kind of school teacher or something? How the hell does he even know that? I, I don't know. I thought the same thing. I thought this guy was just like a principal or like a head teacher or something. Like the, the super nerdy science teacher of a school. How does he know exactly what Tony Stark is doing? I don't know, but I guess we got to chalk it up again. You, neither of us have seen this cartoon, so maybe we're we're mixing missing context. Tony, he's relieved, but then he says, "How um, it's got to be someone." And he's since Spider Man again told him is Peter Parker that his uh, spider sense isn't working. He's helping him work on a tracking device, and he says, "Didn't you say that?" The V-252 leaves off a unique quantum oscillation of 35 gigahertz. <laughs> and he says it was actually 38. So that made a lot of sense to me. I don't know what the hell a gigahertz is, and I don't know what a quantum oscillation is either. Uh, I don't know what the quantum oscillation is, but a gigahertz is like a measurement of uh, like power. And you know what I was thinking? If you know me at all, you know what I was thinking during this transaction. <laughs> I don't. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I figured that's what was you were going with. So if anyone out there knows anything about science, please go to my social media and tell me if a quantum oscillation 
of 35 gigahertz is an actual thing or if that's made up. <laughs> he doesn't want Parker involved. Leave this to the heroes. He said, uh, "Have uh, you have my word, which I really was fully expecting Peter to cross his fingers while saying that, you know, to let the audience know he's lying. But he technically wasn't lying because he is a hero, so he is leaving it to the heroes. Yes. He developed a VPS, Venom Positioning System. Yeah. How about it? It's like a GPS, <laughs> but with a V. And of course, it sounds very similar to Jarvis from the MCU movies. Mm-hmm. They find him on the thing, and uh, he says, uh, once again, science gets the upper hand. He, he's turning his thing into a sonic blaster, and it's going to make the upper hand feel like a fist. Um, I'm assuming uh, at this point, it comes up later on, but uh, well, we'll just talk about it when we get there. Venom's trashing Cup of Joe's. Yeah. Spidey gets there and he says, uh, let's see how you like it when someone sneaks up on you. But right when he does that, his, his device says, arrived at destination. Actually, another funny bit. And uh, that's what surprises him. So uh, Venom and him get into another fight where he uses the sonic blaster. Which uh, Venom retaliates with the lead in two manhole covers. So this uh, tips off that Venom is, whoever he's attached to is not a dope. No, he's smart enough to be able to deflect the sonic, be- uh, sonic, I don't know, you call him beam or whatever, uh, but away from him with the covers because the metal like keeps the sonic, I don't even know how to explain it scientifically, but either way it defends Venom from the sonic blast. He smashes the thing with one of the the manholes, which then uh, he calls Max fax machine, which makes that annoying dial-up sound, which that sends Venom away. Yeah. He tries to follow him, but uh, the VPS was damaged. So then he's thinking about all the smart people that it could be, and he mentions Gwen, Anya, or Miles, uh, but none of them match the size. So then it dawns on him, maybe it's Max. Because Max is pretty smart and he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. Then in a weird bit, he goes to his old high school where he's talking out loud to himself. <laughs> By the way, speaking of that, this is what makes this Spider-Man so annoying. And I'll I'll rewind a little bit and just kind of talk about it. But the dumpster scene where they're having the fight in the very beginning with the dumpsters. That entire fight, he's commentating the whole fight. There is never a point, <laughs> never a point of just grunting, groaning, or punching or kicking or nothing. He's literally telling you a full-blown story start to finish of that fight. And he does it both fights after that. Never inner monologue. No. It's just, it's always just like outward, just talking. He's just like, hey, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. Doesn't stop talking the whole fight. Uh, and then that's what makes this one annoying. Then Thompson grabs him behind and yells, nerd alert. <laughs> Such an old school insult, but great. But he, he does whisper that it's um he's just keeping up appearances with the other bullies. Yeah. And uh it gets broken up by uh I think it was Mr. Solarno was his name. Yeah, I can't remember. An old dude. Who has a there's a bit about he doesn't like Max because he's always recruiting students to his science program. Yeah. He's in his arms in a sling because he was attacked by a strange creature. On the bus. You find out Flash passed with flying colors. 
that tipped off that he should have guessed he was tutoring because I guess he never went able to do it on his own. Yeah. Which way to insult the student right to his face. <laughs> so there again, Flash Thompson grabbing him from behind didn't sit off his, his uh, spider sense either. <laughs> he was going to sneak into his office, but Max surprises him. He's in there and uh, he thought that uh, he was going to the big game. But since uh, due to that petition to keep him from uh, poaching students, he says it's not a very good idea. And he did this just so he could check to see if the canister had been messed with at all. Uh, exactly. Because if it had been messed with, Max would have clearly been the prime suspect of Venom. So he's going to go to the game where he can track the activity on his iPod. He'd ask the guy next to him if the Wi-Fi password is still rah rah sis boom ba. <laughs> and by the way, I had no idea how to spell that when putting my notes together. <laughs> <laughs> Here in a bizarre bit, you find out that Mary Jane is the school mascot. Weird. So weird to me. So weird to me. And like, I'm fully expecting the scene where she takes the head off and like in slow motion would wave her hair back and forth, you know, never happens. Some acknowledgement that she's in there. Nope. You never find out. In fact, uh, she never takes the mask off, never speaks. She's not even like. Like even during like later on, and this is a spoiler, but even later on, like during whatever takes place, she's not even like an obstacle. Oh, but he does say the classic line of they, they flip it and he says, go get him, tiger. <laughs> you know, cause now she usually says that, but now she's dressed as a tiger. You go, eh? uh-huh. uh, Flash Thompson says that uh, Wyatt, the rival quarterback, he's not playing cause he claims to have been injured by a monster. But Flash Thompson ain't buying that. He thinks he's just scared. Understandably. No one believes a monster's going to attack you. So this puts the suspicion on Max because maybe Wyatt signed the petition and that's he was targeting him. Uh, he says he didn't sign it. By the way, I mean, come on. This guy's a supervillain. He's really sweating bullets over some stupid high school petition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a supervillain. He's just like, this is all I have to do with the petition. Um, he, then he suspects it might be Flash. He was near Stark with the V-52, um, and they show footage of, I think this is a flashback to a previous episode where Thompson helped get the symbiote off of Spider-Man. Yeah, which is and, the explanation uh, of kind of what happened with the suit. Yeah, so you assume that the ooze might have got on him. Yep. But then right, you see, in a bizarre scene, by the way, Flash Thompson is the quarterback. <laughs> now, I know you don't all know everything about football, but he is the quarterback who receives the opening kickoff of the football game. It's, uh, that never happens. <laughs> Unless, <laughs> and you're in high school, so I can, I can say this. I've played four football teams when I was younger, when I was a Pop Warner, and when we did things like throw-offs or, or kickoffs or anything like that, uh, if the quarterback was a fast runner and could take a hit and hit well and yada yada, they would. A very, very rare exception. But most times, the quarterback does not receive those because receiving a kickoff can be a very painful experience. Come on, that Bucks playoff game. Didn't Tom Brady uh, re- <laughs> re- receive the opening kickoff? Yeah, he just did the, uh, I got this, guys. Don't worry. So when Flash gets Tom's, when Flash gets Thompson, when Flash gets tackled, <laughs> you see the venom ooze is uh, starting to come out of him, so you know he's Flash Thompson. Spidey uses an air horn that that weakens Flash enough that he comes out and asks what's going on, so he's starting to get control. 
but it's not working. The the symbiote is too strong. When he runs at Spider-Man, Spider-Man throws a penalty flag. <laughs> at first, I was like, I looked and I said, what is that? And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's a why would he throw a penalty flag? And I just it's like, that's so point, stupid. I feel like we've we've transported into a Scooby-Doo cartoon at this point because I could feel I could see Shaggy and Scooby doing that. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's nothing even remotely serious about the situation going on. Like it's just, it's exactly, that's the best way to describe it. It's a Scooby-Doo cartoon. You know, when they, when they, the case of the frightful fullback or whatever, and uh, Shaggy and Scooby throw a penalty flag. <laughs> Stupid. Which Venom grabs him by the face and does like this awesome choke slam where he like, yeah. slams him into the turf, which <laughs> Spider-Man says, of course, uh, unnecessary roughness. Yeah. Then he hits a few more uh, terrible football terms. He says, oh, uh, we need more. So he's like, he tries to pump up the crowd. We need some team spirit. And they all start blowing their air horns. And uh, once he comes to, Flash asks if he scored. And he says, this is maybe the worst line in the history of anything. You'll be the MVP, most venomous player. (laughs) So terrible. They're really trying to hit this home, by the way, that this character is Venom. And I also thought at this point, because they, you know, they obviously they get the stands, Spider-Man himself, everyone blows these air horns all at once, which causes the Venom uh, suit to come off of Flash Thompson. But then it disappears. For those few minutes, I went, that was the fastest villain fight I've ever seen. (laughs) The ooze, the symbiote goes onto the other players, so they become like these hybrid venoms. Yeah. Uh, Flash and uh, Spider-Man, they they climb up onto the field goal pole to get away. Uh, they're going to have to come up way to separate them, and then Flash has the genius idea of the mono, I don't even know how to say it, monomine phosphate and fire extinguishers. Yeah, because he's now smart. Yeah. He did some of that stuff Peter taught him, that sunk in. Yeah. He's going to distract him while he goes gets the school fire extinguishers, where at this point, Flash Thompson and Spider-Man have a huddle, mm-hmm. which thankfully the the three Venom villains gave them the time to just sit there and have a huddle and didn't do anything about it. Well, part of them still football players, so they're, they're, they understand. Oh, they're calling a play. They'll wait. So they make, in the ridiculous scene, uh, a web football, which Spidey hikes and Flash Thompson kicks off. Made me so angry with like just the, how stupid it was. They, they chase the football for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> then Spider-Man grabs some pom-poms. Yeah, and just starts dancing like a cheerleader for no reason. To distract them, I guess. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, like I thought the distraction was just you going to be running around, not doing a weird dance with pom-poms. And while they... Uh, they try and tackle him. Uh, he's throwing, he's using a, one of those automatic uh, football throwers to throw web footballs at these guys while Flash is getting the extinguishers. Flash comes back and he goes, go long, Spider-Man, which he says, uh, you mean run. <laughs> and he says, come on, Spidey, don't catch it. A lot of people are watching. Why can't he just use this goddamn web shooter to make sure he doesn't drop it? He really could. He could just jump away to make sure he doesn't get attacked by anyone, get in a single spot, web shoot it. Done. But he does catch it. They do use the thing to uh, freeze them. So it what did he? Makes, well, 
let me ask, what did he catch? The fire extinguisher. How did it get down an entire football field? <laughs> well, he's the star quarterback. Oh, really? Could Tom <laughs> Brady huck a fucking fire extinguisher 90 yards? Well, I guess if anybody could, maybe maybe Tom Brady could. I don't even think a shot put guy could talk a uh, fire extinguisher 90 yards. So they, uh, they're they frozen. Uh, all the uh, frozen symbiotes come off them, so they all go back to normal. Max shows up, and him and the other teacher, they, uh, they're picking up all the frozen pieces. They work out their problems, do a handshake, so uh, there won't be uh, any more uh, issues with him poaching his students. Right then, uh, Tony Stark sends uh, Spider-Man a text message. <laughs> Sorry, I uh, didn't get back to you. I was uh, in space. What a world. Call me. Which No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, good thing Flash and Spider-Man were on the case. <laughs> and then we go to school the next day where uh, Flash Thompson stands up for his tiny Tudor Parker that they're not going to mess with him anymore. He says that he thanks to Peter Parker because he wouldn't have saved Spider-Man for the second time if it was for his tutoring. And then he says, from now on, we'll be like two peas in a paramecium. <laughs> Again, I, I don't know what the hell a paramecium is. At this point, I don't even know if I care. But. <laughs> it's something science related. I know that. I remember the word from science class. And he says, Flash, you're my hero. And then he yells, Noogie, and goes to grab him and give Peter Parker a Noogie. And there you have it, Marvel's Spider-Man Venom. This is going to be a tough one because I can't really decide if <laughs> I think this is just stupid beyond belief or stupid <laughs> in, an, in an entertaining way. Well, I don't mind saying uh, it's stupid beyond belief. Uh, just after this one episode, I would not tune into any more of them. Uh, I couldn't listen to that kid's voice for another second. Play Peter Parker and the the story, the way it like unfolds and they're like weird reasoning for shit like V must stand for venom. You could have picked any <laughs> word in the dictionary. Any word that starts with V and you went with venom. Like, and that was your big story? That was your big unveiling? And the first appearance of Venom, it's not Eddie Brock. It's Flash Thompson. Oh, that bothered me even more, and I wanted to bring that up. Like, the fact that all I've read was that Eddie Brock is Venom. Eddie Brock, Eddie Brock, Eddie Brock. And I understand that, like, the Venom suit gimmick thing, whatever you want to call it, amoeba, uh, the thing takes over people and, and finds a host and whatever. And I, it, it may, it can make sense that it's flash Thompson, but if your first reveal of venom is flash Thompson and not Eddie Brock, there's going to be no payoff to when it becomes Eddie Brock. And to me, venom is like the Eddie Brock version was like a dangerous, not only was he really smart and clever, he could, he could, uh, get around Peter Parker's spider sense He's stronger than Spider-Man, so he's a legitimate threat. He just seemed like a like it took next to no effort in this to beat this guy. Yeah. He was like he was just a dumb idiot. Just a dumb giant. Uh I forgot where I saw oh, it was when and I'm gonna refer back to Mortal Kombat, but I watched a documentary 
or something about Mortal Kombat and how it was. And long story short, which plays into Venom, is somewhere down the line, Goro was supposed to be this prince or whatever that was supposed to be like this very well-fought warrior and whatnot. And then somewhere down the line, they made him just a big, dumb idiot. And they started doing that for all the video games. That's the same feeling I got for Venom. Venom wasn't this like threat at all. He was just a big, dumb idiot. Let's go to the spectrometer. Every week, we rank what we saw on the spectrometer. Zero spectros being absolute garbage. Four spectros being it doesn't get any better. Julian, how many spectros are you going to give Spider-Man episode Venom? I will be generous. How many can I give? What's the top? Four is the absolute best. Like, perfection is four. Oh, all right. Well, then, unfortunately, I have to go with one. (laughs) 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 It's it's one. I would never in a million years tune into this cartoon after this, and I would never in a million years watch any of these stories. Like, I didn't watch this and go, can't wait to see the next one. So, one is being, (laughs) that's your idea of generous. Uh, Well, I was going to say two, but if four is the most... Uh, I'm giving it a one. If it was I'm five, going, it would have got a two. I'm going one as well. Animation style, pretty generic. Yeah. Uh, this is so stupid. <laughs> it's, the story is just so dumb. Like, I felt like I, I'm laughing more at it than I am with it. <laughs> um, I'm just, there's things about it that make you laugh, but it's just like, I'm rewatching it like live as we speak again. And just cause I like to see what I'm angry about. And <laughs> I, the only the like Mary Jane, they do this whole thing at Mary Jane's in the suit and stuff. And the only time you get a glimpse, you don't even get a glimpse of her. It's just the, the weird mascot blowing an air horn. Yes, How do I that. know that's Mary Jane? <laughs> yeah. They just tell you it's Mary Jane. She doesn't show up. I mean, maybe they're doing some bit where that happens every episode. So when they finally reveal her, it's a big deal. Maybe that's what they're going for. If Venom isn't Eddie Brock, uh, the the shit on the football field, like really, I mean, I really thought I was watching a Scooby Doo cartoon. It was just, <laughs> that that's the best way to put it. I know Spider Man's lighthearted, but it was just too much. And goddamn, enough with Spider Man and Tony Stark. Yeah, they gotta stop with the whole like Spider Man is fighting for Tony Stark's like acceptance. They, it's it was something that got thrown in with the the current MCU universe and the Avengers and the current Spider-Man series, but you don't have to carry it over to cartoons like drop it. It, It's let it be its own thing. And I'm just like, I would never want to see venom return at this point. He's like been a chump right off the bat. Like what's the appeal of him coming back? None whatsoever. There's no appeal. Every fight, every fight. He, all he did was basically, basically, Every fight, all he did was try to bear hug Spider-Man. Was he trying to absorb Spider-Man each fight? I, I think so. Because he kept grabbing him and pulling him towards him. So all I could get from that is that he's trying to absorb him into the suit. But then that would mean that Flash Thompson and Spider-Man are both within that suit. So then do you have two hosts or do you have one host? How does that work? It's just like, yeah. you know, it just didn't make sense to me. What did you think out there? Did you like it better than Julian and I did? If you like it, great. We're not taking that away from you. It's, it wasn't our bag. Maybe we're not the target audience. I don't know. But I was not. I've, I've reviewed four different Spider-Man cartoons. And this is 
hands down my least favorite of all four. Yeah, this is uh, this is bad. It's bad. It's cheesy garbage humor, pointless nonsensical action, and I understand sometimes logic, especially with cartoons, has to be forgiven. But like, just something as simple. I'm just I'm watching it right now, and I want to break my computer. The fact that Flash Thompson hucks this fucking extinguisher 90 yards down the field drives me nuts because that means Flash Thompson has super strength. What? How do you differentiate Flash Thompson now from someone like Spider-Man? Flash Thompson's supposed to be a normal guy. So what do you think? In 2022, a child comes across Marvel's Spider-Man Venom. Are they going to enjoy it? Uh, no. They might enjoy looking at Spider-Man. But then once they hear his voice for 30 minutes straight with no pause, uh, they're going to be like, this guy's annoying. I don't like the way he sounds. They're going to tune him out. And then I'll tell you what, if you uh, are afraid of a character, Venom, being too cool that he becomes more like Spider-Man, will never happen in this cartoon because <laughs> Venom just gets buried beyond belief. Well, uh Tell us what you think. If you go to my social media, I definitely want to hear back from you. You can find me at Twitter at Matt Spectro. While you're there, if you could follow me, I'd appreciate it. Go to my Facebook page, Matt Spectro through the, the multiverse. Give me your two cents while you're there. Follow me. Give me a like. I appreciate it. Also, if you could uh, smash the subscribe button for this podcast, I'd appreciate it as well. And give me a five-star review. Julian, I want to thank you for joining us this week. Uh, Julian and I have an announcement. But before we do that, Julian... The floor is yours. Plug away. Uh, all right, guys. So as we stated in the beginning, I am now a Twitch streamer. I am looking to build followers. I'm looking to uh, try and get consistent people to watch. Um, Twitch isn't just about watching someone play video games. It's very similar to a podcast. Um, we could sit here and talk all day. Uh, talk to me about Spider-Man. Talk to me about video games. Talk to me about comic books. Educate me. I'll educate you. We'll educate each other. We'll just shoot the shit. Um, and so you can follow me on all social medias. Uh, you can just literally look up j underscore star s t a r r underscore one uh you could google it you could find my twitch you can find my instagram my youtube my tiktok my twitter my facebook and then obviously my twitch it's twitch.tv forward slash j underscore star s t a r r underscore one uh, it is a good time. It's very relaxed, and I am doing my best to try and make this uh, a career of mine because it can be a career. Obviously, on the page, all my social medias are linked on my Twitch page, so if it's easier for you, go to my Twitch page, give it a follow, give it a subscribe, and there is a donation link. If you want to leave a donation, you can, but not required. Uh, but come hang out. It'll be a good time. Let me know that you you know, found me through this podcast because um, then we can have some talks about our wrestling. We can talk about our, our past podcast, and we can talk about this podcast. Um, yeah, I think that's it. And on that note... Julian, I have a special announcement, an exclusive to the multiverse. You're the first to hear about this. Exclusive! Julian and myself, former co-hosts of Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way, we are going to reunite in 2022. That's right, you've heard it, folks. We are going to record a brand new episode of our podcast. It's been over a year, but we are going to come back and do at least one more episode of Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. I'm excited, Julian. 
I'm I'm ecstatic actually because it has been over a year, which gives you time to settle from stuff that you felt a little burnt out over and stuff that you don't necessarily want to be a part of anymore. But now that we've been away from it for so long, it's a labor of love that I do miss. And so the fact that you and I are going to be able to reconnect once again and then discuss this new landscape of pro wrestling that has currently taken place in the blunt nature that we do. Uh, I'm very excited to see who we can get on the show. And then I'm very excited to see how this, this new episode turns out. So it's, it's going to be fun. I'm going to make sure it's a good listen. We're just in the bare beginning of the planning stages. So uh, just go to his social media, go to mine and we're going to keep you up to date. Uh, but hopefully uh, before our, uh, probably I would say, uh, well, <laughs> in the next couple of months, we're going to have a new episode. We're going to keep you posted. This is just the bare beginning. So look for it in 2022. Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. Follow us both on social media. Please stay tuned to this podcast. Stay tuned to my Twitch. Stay tuned to Twitter and Facebook, uh, Instagram. Stay tuned to social media because that's when the update's going to come and that's when you will know. And I promise you it is a listen you are not going to want to miss. And on that note, thank you for joining us and tune in again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Excelsior!